Do you know what the mark of the beast is all about? What is it? Is it a skull and crossbones? Is it a Jolly Roger flag? Or is it just something with 666 on it? What does the Bible have to say about it? What can we learn about it? How many places is it in the Bible? Is it all in one book? Or is it scattered throughout Scripture? Well, this is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. We're going to take a look at that today. And I'm here to say that it may not be what everybody else has already looked at. It may be as simple as a chip that gets put in your skin or under your skin. It may be a number tattooed on your body someplace, like in your right hand or in your forehead. The number 666 comes to mind for most people. But what is it really, and should we be afraid that we're accidentally going to fall into receiving the mark of the beast? Well, I'm here to say that no, you're probably... Uh, never going to see anybody who accidentally falls into it. Now, coercion, that's another story. People may be tortured and, and forced to take it. Well, we're going to take a look at that. Some people say it's cryptocurrency, computer uh, digital currency. Well, could that be part of it? Well, I'm here to say, yes, I think it can be a part of it. But what part of it? We're going to take a look at that based on the scriptures. So we're going to start today in the only book in the Bible where the mark of the beast is even mentioned. The book of Revelation. There are several marks in the Bible. Most of them have to do with someone with a name related to Marcus. And you can find that from Genesis all the way through uh, Philippians. There are little places where it shows up. There's probably, I'm going to say, 30 of them like that, which refer to a name or that someone like Matthew wanted someone to mark this down or something like that. But there's only eight places in the book of Revelation that talk about the mark of the beast. That's what we're going to look at today in Bible Prophecy Radio. So here we go. The first one is found in 1316 of Revelation. Here's what it says. I'm going to back up just a little bit here because 16 is where it's found, but I'll give you a little backstory. We'll start in 14. And with all the miracles he was allowed to perform on behalf of the first beast, he deceived all the people who belong to this world. That's a significant thing to notice right there. Very, very significant. He ordered the people 
and this is assuming it's the people who belong to this world, to make a great statue of the first beast who was fatally wounded and then came back to life. Who might that be? A lot of people seem to think that that is the revived Roman Empire. I'm going to show you that it's not, at least not entirely. Partially, absolutely, probably is. And I'm going to show you that. But we'll do that in a little bit. He was then permitted to give life to this statue so that it could speak. Then the statue of the beast commanded that anyone refusing to worship it must die. Now verse 16. He required everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to be given a mark on the right hand or on the forehead. And that no one could buy or sell anything without that mark, which was either the name of the beast or the number representing his name. Wisdom is needed here. Let the one with understanding solve the meaning of the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. And that's the last verse in chapter 13. I want you to bear in mind the idea that there are bad things that happen to people who leave Islam. What happens to them? Well, they must die. Even if it's your wife or your daughter or anyone else close to you, they are commanded by the Quran to kill them. That's just what we read in verse 15. He was permitted then to give life to this statue so that it could speak. Well, these days the technology is available that can make a 10-story tall image appear like a real person and walk around and yell and scream and curse and do anything it, they want it to do. And let's say your wife becomes a Christian. What happens to her? She must pay for it with her life. Try to look it up in the Koran if you get a copy of it and see if you can find it in there. But Christians are not allowed to live in Islam. They want them all dead and gone. He required everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to be given this mark on the right hand or on the forehead. Now, your forehead is where the thought process is located in your body. And what's the symbolism here? There's a lot of symbolism in Revelation, and I think this is talking about what you do as your life's work. Your right hand is a symbol of your work in life. So it's your thoughts and your life. Now what gets written in your thoughts? And what does it have to do with your work? Okay, that's pretty easy to see. Your work is what results in you eating. 
It's what makes you able to earn money to buy and sell with. And it has everything to do with your education and your choices in life. What could be in that? It could be, and I say it could be, I'm not saying it is for definite sure, but in my mind, it's pretty sealed. It's pretty sealed up. I believe it is having to do with Islam. Islam is an ideology, but it's much more than that. It's not a religion per se, although it has religious connotations. It also has witchcraft attached to it, and also many, 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 many operatives all over the world trying to promote it and promulgate it to convert others by force. That's what Mohammed did when he started Islam. He forced people to do it. He married a nine-year-old wife. Anyway, anyone refusing to worship it must die. This mark on their right hand would be what they do with what they know in their forehead. That makes sense to me. It's not a mystery so much as it is something we need to figure out. In other words, solve the meaning of the number of the beast. And the number is that of a man. Well, that would be Mohammed as the guy that started it. Now, what it has to do with the number exactly? Well, that remains to be seen, but maybe we'll get to that. I want you to entertain this concept before we go on to the next scripture. Islam did not even exist at the time of Christ. The known world that we know now was much smaller in those days. America didn't even exist either in those days. There was no such thing as America or South America or Australia or Alaska or Canada Lots of places are not mentioned in the Bible, including Russia. Believe it or not, they were never mentioned anywhere in Scripture. Now, a lot of people will say that Rosh, because it is in the Bible, must be Russia. No, not true. Because there is a place north of Israel, we call it present-day Turkey, who has a city like that up there. And it is north of Israel. And you have to go through Turkey to get to Russia. But Russia is farther north. So you must decide whether you're going to believe that or not. Now, cryptocurrency, let's talk about that for a minute. Digital currency. It would really be a fast way to pay people, wouldn't it? And they could move money around very quickly that way. And they could control whether or not you had any currency there, any credit there. Lots of things. I mean, this could really be handy for someone who wanted to organize a worldwide operation. 
Did you know that Islam itself has its own banking system? See, this is more than a religion. It's an ideology that actually has its own people locked into it already. Do you know that there's more than two billion Muslims on the world? Yes. Could they put together a 200 million man army? Absolutely, with ease. They probably already have that. And how do these guys get paid? And do they have weapons and, and military might? Absolutely they do. They confiscated a lot of it in Afghanistan from the United States. How did we let that happen? Islam wants to build Islam. There's no doubt about that. They have that as their goal in life, is to make everyone on earth a Muslim. That should not surprise anybody. But they do have a way to make nuclear weapons, and they will learn how to deliver them. It is my belief, personally, that they will be the number one contender for dominance in the world, even though they're not in any hurry. They take their time, and they're going to spread everywhere. And that's what they're trying to do. And they've already spread into Europe, even the United Kingdom. Who'd have thought that would happen? Well, they're there now. They're there in France. They're there in Germany. They're all over Italy and Spain. It's all over Europe, their ideology. They, they don't care about their spouses. There's no love in Islam, the way I understand it. There's no love in Islam. The men dominate their women, and they can beat them to death if they so choose. They can divorce their wife. They can kill their wife with no repercussions whatsoever. Now, that's not someone who is loving and kind and merciful. They say it is a religion of peace. Nothing could be further from the truth. They kill more Christians than anybody on the planet. What does Islam mean anyway? According to this source I'm looking at right here, Harvard, it means being Muslim. Islam is an Arabic word which literally means submitting. Islam is fundamentally an action, a way of living one's life before God. I'm going to use a little g-god there. A Muslim is one who submits to God and aligns their life with what God has made plain. So you submit to the Ayatollah or the, the Imam or Imam and do what he says. Regardless of anything else, you follow that. It sounds like a religion. It sounds like someone devoted to God. This isn't the God of the Bible. Don't let anybody persuade you otherwise. It is not the same God at all, period. Allah 
and Jesus are not brothers. They're not the same, and one is of the devil. And I'll guarantee you it's not Jesus. So we've actually covered 17 and 18 of Revelation 13. Two of the places out of the eight, one quarter of the the verses that have to do with this mark of the beast, without which no one can buy or sell. Now here's the concept. The concept is, what if it's only for this select group, this select group we call Islam. Nobody within Islam could buy or sell unless they had something on their foreheads and something on their right hand that identified them as a Muslim. That's how they would keep track of who got what in payment for what they do as operatives all around the world trying to convert people to Islam. Now let's go to Revelation uh, 14 and verse 9. But I want to show you verse 1 first, because it has something significant to do with the bit about your hand and your forehead. Verse 1 says, Then I saw the Lamb, that's Jesus, standing on Mount Zion, and with him were 144,000 who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. So who do they think about? Jesus and God the Father, of course. And I heard a sound from heaven like the roar of mighty ocean waves or the rolling of loud thunder. It was like the sound of many harpists playing together. This great choir sang a wonderful new song in front of the throne of God and before the four living beings and the 24 elders. No one could learn this song except the 144,000. You see that? That sounds a lot like no one could buy or sell. So you see, we have two different uh, factions of people, Christians and Muslims. That's what I think this is uh, relating to. And these 144,000 who could learn this song were the ones who had been redeemed from the earth. They have kept themselves as pure as virgins following the Lamb wherever he goes. They have been purchased. Huh. Purchased. That means bought. Yes, that involves money. What you give out with your hand or receive from your hand or to your hand. They have been purchased from among the people on earth as a special offering to God. And to the Lamb, they have told no lies and are without blame. Now, if you would, drop down to verse 11. The smoke of their torment will rise forever and ever, and they will have no relief, night or day nor night, for they have worshipped the beast and his statue and have accepted the mark of his name. 
His name is on them. They are Muslims. We're going to try this theory out and see. It sure makes sense and adds up so far. Verse 12, Revelation 14. This means that God's holy people must endure persecution patiently, obeying his commands and maintaining their faith in Jesus. Now that is an answer to the mystery right there. This means that God's holy people must endure persecution. Well, who's persecuting Christians more than Islam? No one on earth. So it's a clear divide to me between the Christians and the Muslims. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, write this down. Blessed are those who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, they are blessed indeed, for they will rest from their hard work, for their good deeds follow them. Unquote. Now we go to the 15th chapter in verse 2, which says, I saw before me what seemed to be a glass sea mixed with fire, and it on it stood all the people who had been victorious over the beast and his statue and the number representing his name. They were all holding harps that God had given them, or some sort of musical instrument. And they were singing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb. And here's the way the words go to that song. I don't know the tune at this point, that's for sure. Great and marvelous are your works, O Lord God, the Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the nations. Who will not fear you, Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship before you, and your righteous deeds have been revealed. Unquote. The next place where this is found is in verse 2 of chapter 16. So the first angel left the temple and poured out his bowl on the earth, and horrible malignant sores broke out on everyone who had the mark of the beast and who worshipped his statue. Remember that statue that we saw that he made to speak. Very interesting. There's only two more places. Revelation 19.20, which happens to say, And the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet, who did mighty miracles on behalf of the beast, miracles that deceived all who had accepted the mark of the beast and who worshipped his statue. Both the beast and his false prophet were thrown alive into the fiery lake of burning sulfur. Their entire army was killed by the sharp sword that came from the mouth of the one riding the white horse. That would be Jesus. And vultures all gorged themselves on their dead bodies. There's only one more scripture. 
And that's chapter 20, verse 4. It says this in the NLT, and I've been reading the NLT all along. Then I saw thrones, and the people sitting on them had been given authority to judge. Didn't Jesus say that the twelve apostles would sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel? Absolutely. So they're given authority to judge. They're resurrected in new bodies that can never be killed or hurt. To go on, and I saw the throne, or no, I'm sorry, the persons of those who had been beheaded for their testimony about Jesus. Who does more beheadings on earth than anybody? Islam. And for proclaiming the word of God. That's what they hate more than anything on this earth. You know Saudi Arabia, you can't even carry a Bible legally anywhere in Saudi Arabia. You could lose your head over that. They had not worshipped the beast, nor his statue, nor accepted his mark on their foreheads or their hands. They all came to life again. There was a resurrection, in other words. And they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. This is the first resurrection. And that, my friends, is all eight places where the mark of the beast is even mentioned anywhere in the whole Bible. John himself is the one who is not the revelator. He's the writer who wrote down what Jesus had said to him and told him to write down. Go back to Revelation 1 and you'll read that. Revelation 1 verse 1 says this, This is a revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave to him to show his servants the events that must soon take place. He sent an angel to present this revelation to his servant John, who faithfully reported everything he saw. This is his report of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. And he goes on to say in verse 3, God blesses the one who reads the words of this prophecy to the church. And he blesses all who listen to its message and obey what it says, for the time is near. And my time to quit the podcast is here. So we've covered all eight places where this mark of the beast is located everywhere in the entirety of the Bible. This all came from Strong's Exhaustive Concordance. You can get a copy for yourself for around $25. To me, Islam is a perfect fit. It's the one who the Catholic Church tried to annihilate and kill every one of them, but they couldn't do it, and it came back. And now it's in full force, bigger than ever. Well, this is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. I hope these words have meant something to you. It's not something to be afraid of, this mark. It's something that is within Islam itself, and you're not going to join Islam if you're a Christian. I highly recommend you stay away from it, but that you learn all you can about it. 
I have a copy of the Quran, but to me it's the most misjointed piece of literature I've ever seen before on the earth. So you can go to my website, itellwhy.com, and learn more faith-building things. I don't have anything for sale. So take a look at it, itellwhy.com. There's lots of links to YouTube videos that will actually build your faith. You can see on the ground live footage where the guy is there at Mount Sinai, for example, at the Red Sea Crossing, at the Rock and Horeb. That rock is six stories tall, as tall as our courthouse. And it was split from the top down, and water ran out by the ton and formed a lake. It wasn't a little trickle out of a hose. Get some time and go there, itellwhy.com. So until next time, I'm Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. Thank you for tuning in today.